You are listening to the Health and Wellness Connection Podcast, the number one wellness podcast designed to provide the latest information to help you achieve your health and wellness goals. Our show features exciting guests, the latest in medical research, and in-depth discussions in current trends on weight loss, nutrition, and fitness. No matter what your interest, the Health and Wellness Podcast has you covered. And now, presenting your illustrious host, Dr. Barry, M.D. Hello, 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 and thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. I want to thank you for being a faithful listener and checking us out every week on Afro Vibes Radio. But hey, if you somehow don't get a chance to check us out Thursdays, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Afro Vibes Radio, please don't hesitate to check out our podcast page. That's anchor.fm backslash HW Connection. That's H-W-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N. Again, check us out on our anchor.fm podcast page. Check out all the shows uploaded there immediately after the show airs on Afrovibes Radio. Also, if you want to listen to the show live on Afrovibes Radio, please download the app, afrovibesradio.com. You can download it from the, the website or go to your local or favorite, sorry, mobile OS app, be it Android or iPhone. Download the app on your phone today. You can stream the show as well as the awesome Afrobeat Music Collection live on your phone for free. Again, no money down, all free, all awesomeness. Do it today. Again, um, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can always get at me on Instagram. Um, my uh, name, Dr. Barry MD, D R B A R R Y M D. Also, you can email me at Dr. Barry Health at gmail.com. That's Dr. Barry, D R B A R R Y H E A L T H at gmail.com. And last but not least, Facebook is also where we're at, posting all the shows as well as other exciting articles. Check us out at www.facebook.com backslash next level weight loss. Again, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love hearing from listeners. Any feedback, any even sponsorship opportunities, because we are um, very highly listened podcast. Always looking for sponsors. Check us out if you're interested in sponsoring the show. And also, you can do it on the Anchor FM page. You can donate, become a super sponsor. We're going to get a lot of cool freebies for those people who do sign up. So check us out again. It's Dr. Barry here. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. It's your host, Dr. Bear, here again, and we're going to talk about, you know, some of the latest research and uh, info that's out here on the interwebs that's, you know, regards to our health and wealth and wellness, sorry, as well as this new COVID-19 um, um, disease that's really been ravaging the, the globe. So uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting show, guys. Um, let's kind of, you know, talk, talk about it kind of in a stepwise fashion and kind of, you know, broach this topic and really kind of go in as far as some of the new research we're seeing that's coming across the wire. All right. So the first article I want to really talk about is referencing the new uh, coronavirus virus, or I should say COVID-19, the virus that's been um, believed to originate in Wuhan, China, and it's now inflicting, uh, infecting people all over the world on a massive scale. I'm going to go into the details about some of the numbers in a little bit, but 
Um, as you've seen, we've done a few shows on the coronavirus, and we really expressed some of the concern regarding the infectivity as well as the, potent- the, the contagiousness of this virus. But this new research article that's um, come out recently um, on the week of March 9th in the Annals of Internal Medicine came out of uh, Johns Hopkins. They found that it appears that the incubation period for COVID-19 virus is about 5.1 days. This is very similar to that was that uh, incubation period that was seen in SARS, which was another respiratory outbreak that occurred uh, in late uh, 2000s. Um, either way, so that means that if there is a virus that you know you get sick, um, you're actually incubating the virus for about five days prior to you actually coming down with symptoms. Now, the reason why that's important because this virus is believed to be extremely contagious. There's research showing that it's believed that the virus can hang about in the air for about 30 minutes um, before it lands on a surface where it can then last, it's believed, up to two weeks. So this virus is extremely hardy. And um, let's say if you, you know, it's believed initially if you were sneezing or coughing and you expel the virus, it would kind of, you know, die like a sim- like a regular virus would. Usually a regular flu virus, you sneeze on something, it may last for a few hours and then it will fade away. Um, however, um, this COVID is a far more resilient and can last on services for up to two weeks. But there's belief now that new research is showing um, by researchers um, out of, again, Germany that reference how um, the virus actually produces extremely, extremely high levels in your nose, in your throat, um, in your mouth, in your, in your nasal cavity. So it's concentrated there at extremely high levels, meaning that it's believed that you have shedding of the virus, um, you know, during the incubation period and then up to 12 days after the sickness period. And uh, like we said earlier, if this virus can hang around in the air for 30 minutes, it can stay on surfaces for up to two weeks. Um, you know, that creates a very, very infectious organism. And it would explain why the virus has been spreading so rapidly um, um, from different uh, populations. Now, the numbers, that's actually a very controversial topic these days, because now it's believed that, uh, you know, there's a lot of countries hiding the numbers. It's believed the numbers that were initially coming out of China uh, were not fully um, accurate, meaning that there was some cover up going on regarding the actual number of victims who were being um, victimized. So um, we do know that um, the last official numbers that were checked at the time of this recording uh, had about one hundred and ten thousand people worldwide with the illness, about a little over four thousand deaths people who succumb to the virus. Um, but what's actually more interesting than the numbers now is kind of the path of spread. And that's what some new research is showing regarding how COVID has really affected the populations where um, it was initially discovered. All right. Like we said, there's some new data regarding some of the clinical uh, picture of a typical uh, patient who comes down with the COVID virus that recently came out of Wuhan, China. Um, some of the researchers there were actually um, able to assess some of the clinical charts of various patients throughout the region of, of China. It was believed that this data uh, report um, actually um, um, referenced about 1,099 patients who were actually confirmed to have come down with the coronavirus. And they basically monitored their hospital uh, stay, kind of what they presented with symptom-wise, how they did and kind of monitor the overall outcomes and we're able to determine, you know, really how coronavirus is truly affecting these patients on a clinical level. And so the interesting aspect of this study is that it really shows us kind of, 
you know, in the areas where Corona was first discovered, how it truly affected the population and why there's a lot of fear now amongst hospital systems throughout the globe um, if they're able to handle um, this uh, potential, uh, um, you know, medical calamity that may occur due to the coronavirus. So out of these 1,099 patients that were monitored, um, it was believed that about 44% of the patients presented to their local emergency rooms had the chief complaint of fever. Um, and then later on during hospitalization, about 80% of those patients who had initial uh, uh, symptoms related to the COVID virus had a fever. So we can tell that fever is definitely a pretty uh, consistent finding we see in patients who do have um, the COVID virus. This is the reason why a temperature screening has been an effective way to help screen people who may or may not be uh, potentially affected with the COVID virus and why many countries have now implemented this in their travel system. So if you're flying out or if you're doing any kind of a traveling, you know, temperature screenings may be something that will be implemented uh, to ensure that they reduce the people spreading the virus. Because as we said, a previous study showed how there was actually super high concentrations of viral load in the mucosa. So simply just breathing is uh, essentially spraying the virus because the load is just so high um, in the nose and the mouth and the throat. So, um, you know, it's so important that if you are sick or having symptoms, the best thing to do is to self-isolate, meaning, you know, keep yourself away from others, try to reduce contact, you know, take a lot of fluids, you know, immune boosters like vitamin E, vitamin C, um, you know, zinc, things like that, you know, hydrate. And of course, if your symptoms deteriorate, um, then it'll be time to get to the hospital. Now, another thing about the study, it showed that um, people who succumb to this virus in this study, approximately 15 percent of them um, actually develop severe illness. And when we say severe illnesses are people who had severe respiratory treatments, um, likely requiring um, ventilator use, meaning they had to be intubated to support their respiratory system because they could no longer breathe. And this is what coronavirus, you know, what makes it quite dangerous because it attacks the um, respiratory system in a unique way. It actually really reduces its effectiveness to help prevent, you know, severe pneumonias and other difficult, difficult infections of the lung. So one thing that this virus does is that once it attacks and it causes an inflammatory response, bacteria is able to penetrate into the um the uh, tissue of the lung and cause a severe infection. This severe infection is what really kind of ends up killing a lot of people because without your lungs, you really can't breathe and oxygenate your blood, therefore causing you to, you know, become sick and very ill. And this is what um, was really the problem in the initial um, incident outbreak. You know, when people were presenting to the hospitals with what appeared to be flu-like symptoms and there was some, some confusion as far as what they actually had, it was only when they started to seeing this high number of people who were going into the ICUs and had to be intubated due to severe double pneumonias. It, it was then it was realized that this was something unique. And this is when this started the aggressive screening. And it was later discovered that, yes, there was a new virus on the prowl and it was a covid virus. So um, and this is actually what's being seen now as this um, epidemic has spread. Um, Italy has been one of the countries um, hit extremely hard with the um, coronavirus uh, epidemic, if you will, even though it's not technically epidemic yet, but it's believed to be approaching those levels. Um, at the time of this recording, it's believed that it's believed that um, Italy has about 10,000 uh, cases of reported coronavirus patients with about 600 deaths. So, um, you know, and there's concern that because uh, China, which you know, due to its uh, setup as a relatively uh, authoritarian nation, 
Um, it's believed that they were actually able to use some of the resources they've already implemented for their extensive surveillance and everything else to help them control the population, which could, which has helped limit, you know, a lot of the uh, the new cases of this highly contagious virus. Now, it's believed because of, you know, other countries in Europe don't have such stringent population control mechanisms. It's going to be a lot more difficult to really kind of get a handle on this virus. And we're seeing that Italy has been hit especially hard. Um, from this virus infection. I mean, in the last show, we mentioned how Italy was having a significant number of cases. It's now gone from 300, which it was two weeks ago, to now 10,000. Uh, 600 of believed to have died. As because of this, Italy has now gone on extreme lockdown. There's really no um, patients coming in and out, or no people start coming in and out of the country. A flight within the countries have been severely restricted to only emergencies and so forth. And unfortunately, because of, you know, the inability to really control people, um, you know, and prevent people from moving around. And as we mentioned earlier, the long incubation period and the high the high infectivity period of the virus, as well as, you know, the fact it's extremely contagious, all creates kind of this perfect storm of conditions that really, you know, can create um, a significant spread of this, this organism. And can cause significant illness to a high number of patients. So um, clearly, because of the concern of the potential for significant damage to different uh, countries, you know, many uh, large events have been shut down now. Um, those in America will know that many music events, including the South by Southwest event, which is a multi-billion-dollar event that goes down in Austin, Texas, was recently shut down. Um, Coachella has been postponed as well to later on in the year. Um, numerous uh, sports teams are discussing the possibility of playing in empty stadiums. Um, this is already going on in Europe, by the way. Plenty of uh, Italian league soccer teams, one of the most popular leagues in the world, are playing to empty stadiums to help reduce the spread of corona. Um, so it's really a big deal. And even if you're someone who doesn't feel personally affected, I don't know who that would be at this point because it's really affecting the globe. Um, this is really going beyond even health, even though health is clearly the most important aspect of this whole condition. But it's affecting social life and the economies of various countries. So it's something that we all have to kind of face and focus on. And the good news is that there's a lot of great, you know, things that, you know, are coming out of the pipeline regarding Corona's management that I think will help, um, um, you know, stem the tide of the, of the, of the virus and really uh, get it, um, you know, under control. So um, and plus with, you know, the initial it appeared the initial uh, laissez faire attitude being taken by the you know, Trump administration in the United States regarding the virus um, is now being a, a clarion call throughout the medical community about the seriousness of the potential of this virus um, in affecting our health systems. And there's now been an adequate push to really kind of get funding kind of issues addressed on, con on, a, on, a, on the government level, as well as a push toward hospital systems to get their uh, corona protocols in order so we can really face this thing appropriately so the good news is that a lot of good research is showing and telling us more about the virus the vaccines are being actively worked on there's reports that vaccines may be um, available um, as soon as the summertime and uh, you know I think it's also been good for people just reiterating re the importance of hand washing I think I put out an article uh, the other day on Facebook regarding the importance of hand washing and how it's really no match the coronavirus you want soap and water is stronger than any virus we has yet to be created so you know you definitely need to be washing your hands wash them regularly you should wash them you know after interacting with a few a bunch of people 
Um, try to avoid touching your face. And we're going to talk more about things you can do as well, as well as other good research, guys. It's not just Corona in the news. There's some other good research out there. I'm going to discuss more. Again, it's Dr. Barry uh, with the Health and Wellness Connection, guys. Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. Hello, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Health of Wellness Connection podcast. It's your host, Dr. Barry, here again, talking again about some of the latest research in the the news as far as, you know, the, some of our, you know, recent health and wellness topics we've been discussing. Of course, coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19, has been in the news lately. And we were talking some of, talking about some of the recent uh, information that's come out regarding the virus as far as the response, the, the, the way it can be spread, um, the, the contagiousness and the infectivity of the virus as well. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how, um, you know, it kind of sheds more light, if you will, regarding how... Um, the virus has been so able to so quickly spread and, uh, you know, jump from person to person. Um, now, one thing about the, uh, the Corona that also has been getting a little bit of a, uh, recent attention in the uh, news media is the uh, impact that it's had on, you know, the economy. People have had uh, schools are being shut down worldwide. Uh, people are also uh, limiting travel. Um, due to the different, uh, you know, outbreaks in different countries, uh, many p- countries' borders are being shut down. The United States uh, shipping borders apparently are being shut down. Um, it's going to be significant as far as the effect it has on the uh, trade uh, agreements that are already in place. So it's a lot going on, and uh, you know, people are now looking on ways to kind of <laughs> stay home and not really go out anymore due to all these restrictions. So um, one thing that um, you know we want to also stress regarding. All the news regarding coronavirus and all the different, uh, you know, different reports coming out is not to get, uh, you know, too worked up to the point where it begins to affect your mental health. I mean, I think the key is that we have to ensure that we're focused on, you know, the positive as far as what we can do to prevent illness, because prevention is always key. And then also uh, making sure we're doing the best we can to improve our health and wellness by eating well. Uh, drinking well, you know, staying, remaining physically active and just kind of maximize our health so we can kind of reduce, you know, the risk of uh, getting sick. And also because of now we know that it's a uh, very um, easy to spread illness, you want to minimize the potential for getting in contact with those who may be sick to help reduce the risk that you become a spreader as well, you know, because, you know, even if you yourself aren't the typical patient who may succumb to the illness, which are typically the, the elderly you know, over 65 and they're very, very young, um, you know, if you still spread it, you know, to someone who's vulnerable, that still is not something ideal, something we should try to avoid. So um, coronavirus definitely is uh, something that is very real. And of course, uh, because of this, like I said, there's a lot of effort being done now to create protocols and to make testing more available. Um, again, if you are someone who feels you've been exposed, um, definitely call your primary care doctor try to uh, see if they can get you set up for some sort of testing that is being rapidly expanded as we speak all right all right new research regarding the vegetarian diet guys was just released showing that a vegetarian diet uh, rich in nuts vegetables and soy has been linked to a lower risk of both both ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke so that means a stroke where you don't have blood supply going to your brain or type of stroke that causes you to bleed into your brain so it's definitely you know some of the more catastrophic ways to uh, to to die and uh, uh that we're we know of 
So, you know, I think anything that reduces stroke is always a good thing. Now, we've talked extensively about, you know, inflammation and how inflammation can lead to many illnesses that we suffer on a daily basis. And stroke is one of those things. The vegetarian diet has always been believed to be helpful for those conditions because of the fact that it's significantly reduces inflammation. You know, we know that processed meat, meat in general, can be very, very inflammatory to the body. So eating, you know, a lot of vegetables, a high fiber diet has been shown to be proven to reduce inflammation. This, in turn, reduces your risk of stroke because the inflammation is what damages those blood vessels that can cause you to have increased risk of stroke. So it's extremely important that people learn to start incorporating more vegetarian-style meals into their diet just to help reduce some of the risk of these illnesses that we're seeing more and more evidence uh, uh, are being related to you know excessive uh, meat consumption. Now, um, the great news is that um, to speak on the, the, the awesomeness of you know vegetarian lifestyle, we actually going to have a special guest on a very uh, soon to be put out show. Um, one of the four and foremost um, advocates of the plant-based lifestyle, the plant-based MD, Dr. Judy Bragman. She'll be on a, a very uh, future show discussing some of the amazing benefits of you know vegetarian lifestyle and you know what we should be doing as far as you know modifying our diet so she's coming on on the the next show actually coming up but just want to put out this information that there's new research really proving the 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 amazing benefits of the vegetarian lifestyle and let's talk a little bit briefly about that as well um one thing about the vegetarian lifestyle that this actually study uh did show is that um you know people who had you know particularly heavy vegetarian diets, um, you know, really did well as far as, you know, lowering their risk of stroke. Um, they also did note that um, people who also, um, who were also on the vegetarian diets did also have a low intake of B12. So that's kind of important because, you know, B12 is one of those vitamins that are mainly found in meat. So um, it was believed that those who were taking this, uh, you know, vegetarian diet were encouraged to take a B vitamin supplement to help uh, improve that uh, B12 intake to help reduce any risk of potential complication from that. So, um, you know, vegetarianism, again, very, um, I think, powerful uh, way of approaching life because there are a lot of great benefits to that. All right, guys, another news. A new article shows the importance of sleep and how it is an important marker and a possible mediator of cardiovascular risk, meaning uh, stroke and heart attack. So um, it's so important because uh, this was actually done uh, out of Yale, um, and they kind of went over different, um, you know, data points regarding uh, looking at different sleeping patterns and different patients who suffered um, recent episodes of uh, cardiovascular disease. Um, and they looked at different groups and kind of analyzed those who had issues with sleep and their overall, um, you know, risk of heart disease and, and stroke. And they were able to determine that those who were getting regular sleep and, you know, you know, had a more regular sleeping pattern, meaning, I guess, six, eight hours a day of sleep, same time, you know, every day, um, they had lower incidences of stroke and heart attack. So uh, it's so important that, um, you know, it just kind of re- it stresses the importance of getting your sleep and how important that is. Sleep is something that also imp- reduces inflammation. It can also, you know, help lower your blood pressure. It's something that's improved, improves your health and wellness. It's so critical. So uh, sleep is something that we all need more of. 
something that you need to ensure that you're getting regular amounts of to help reduce those, you know, chances of you getting, you know, heart attack or stroke or other ailments that have been shown to be uh, increased when you don't get sleep. So again, uh, sleep is important, guys. Another study coming that comes out proving the importance of sleep and how, you know, getting that sleep can help reduce your risk of various cardiovascular disease issues. So again, get some sleep. All right, a new study came out um, out of Sydney, Australia. Um, actually showed that uh, <laughs> herbal supplements are ineffective for weight loss. Um, now, it was funny because this study has a lot of issues, like, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, it, did, it didn't make some bold proclamations, which I feel were based on suspect uh, data. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But it did, you know, do its do it did it attempt to try to, you know, create a, a cogent study. Basically, what they did was they went and looked at different uh, studies that were done on other weight loss supplements or substances that are promoted as weight loss supplements. Um, they looked at um, common herbal supplements that have been researched in different research uh, venues throughout the globe, including green tea. Uh, they looked at that in about 12 studies associated with that um, supplement, um, white kidney bean, ephedra, African mango, yerba mate, veld grape licorice, mangosteen, um, and uh, Malabar tamarind. These are supplements that have been promoted as weight loss uh, supplements uh, in various uh, diets or various uh, cultures. So this this group looked at these different studies, and they um, and it came out to about four thousand three hundred people that all these studies kind of analyzed. So a lot of small studies, you know, which is already problematic because we always know that the larger the study, the more you know weight that the results have. If you study, uh, you, know, you know, some sort of a you know, phenomenon and it's like four people involved in the study. It's really hard to make kind of grand proclamations that you can extend to all humans based on this four person study. Now, if that same, you know, that same um, concept you're trying to analyze involve 400,000 people, then that's a pretty powerful study because you're getting a lot of data and you're able to make more um, accurate predictions based on the number of people that you're testing. Because every time you test someone, there's a different variation how they respond and you never know you know how things people respond to certain substances for instance they're testing green tea if it works for weight loss you know if they test 50,000 people with a with a supplement with green tea you you'll get better data than if you if they only test four people you know so either way so this this uh, group tried to increase the power of their study by kind of getting all these different studies testing all these different um, herbal supplements, which already is a red flag because you don't know if the studies were conducted the same way. You don't know. And that's one thing they didn't really talk about as far as how they actually, you know, conducted their studies. You know, the people, for instance, who were studying green tea, did they just have them drink green tea and they were eating a bunch of crap and they felt the green tea would be enough to lose weight? You know, that's not going to be accurate. And and so that's one thing that the study was was really criticized for because they really didn't standardize the testing patterns and really kind of make sure that they're collecting good data before you can make such a proclamation. Now, ultimately, um, the study kind of, you know, did proclaim that herbal supplements don't work. Um, but, you know, clearly there's many flaws in the study. But I thought it was interesting that, you know, it, it shows that there's a lot of, you know, Data needs to be done regarding herbal supplements, especially green tea. We know things like, um, you know, green tea can be effective for weight loss because it's been shown to help 
um, with, uh, you know, basically boosting your metabolism via its caffeine content. So there are some scientific basis for some of these herbal supplements to be promoted as weight loss supplements. But I think definitely we need a larger, more, more, more powerful studies, if you will, to kind of really kind of determine whether or not, you know, these substances can be used to help kind of boost your metabolism or help you uh, reduce your weight. So, again, that's just interesting uh, studies that came out of the uh, research uh, literature uh, recently. Um, guys, if you have any topics you want me to broach or you want me to talk about, please uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, we're going to talk. We have an exciting show for you planned for next week. We got a lot of shows planned down the pipeline, guys. And we're you know interested in any feedback so we can create good content for you guys. So, again, that's the end of this show. Hope you guys understood or got some good info from it. This is uh, your host, Dr. Barry of the Health and Wellness Connection. Stay tuned for more heat coming soon. Thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Podcast. For more info, check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash next level weight loss. Our show can also be found on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com forward slash HW Connection. Lastly, for any inquiries, email us at drbarryhealth at gmail.com. Until next time.